Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. It just makes me think when we were in Portland, when we were in the church there at New Beginnings with Pastor, on Wednesday nights we would have the service, it would be called Deeper Truths. You know, he would preach a message on Sunday, but it was not as deep. But Wednesday, you would go a little further. And so this is kind of like, to you know, for me, this is Deeper Truths, you know, isn't it? That, and, and, I, and I know you guys are like me, you know, you don't want to just serve God on the surface, Amen. you know. I, and I, I don't say this, I don't say this to be critical, but a lot of Christians are very surface. And I, I, like I said, I don't say to be critical, but, and they've been saved, some of them, 20, 30 years, but it's like they really don't know. And, you know, that's not God's fault. It's a combination of pastors that don't teach their people, and it's a combination of people who don't feed themselves. Isn't that the truth? That's why it's so important, especially in these days, that you feed yourself every day. Because, you know, like me, I'm not going to go without a meal. You know what I'm saying? I, unless I'm fasting, I'm not missing a meal. It may be three meals. It may be four meals. You know, it may be tamales in there. It's your, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm going to get on with it. So the same way uh, spiritually, you know, that we feed ourselves. And so... Um, like I said, we, he'll be here after the end, and we'll have a quick little, like, 10-second plug for the Torah class so that more people can come and be a part and learn and grow. Because I'm telling you, the deeper you go in God, the better it is. Amen. You know what I mean? It's not because we're trying to be heavy to be heavy. But, I mean, there's something about a, a, a Christian, a believer that is so hungry for more that, yes, I mean, you know, when, if, if we're still, if you and I are still needing milk, there's a problem. Amen. You know, God wants to give you so much more. And, and when I, I believe that as we are those mature type of believers, God can trust us with a lot more. Amen. And uh, we can accomplish a lot more. So thank God for the Torah class. So let's dive right into this thing. I want to unpack this today because, like I said earlier, there is just so much to this Torah portion. The Torah portion this week, as you know, is in Genesis 41, 1 through 44, 7. The half Torah is 1 Kings 3, 15 through 4, 1. And then the New Testament reading is Romans 10, 1 through 13. And the... The name of the Torah club portion this week in Hebrew is Parashat Miketz. Can anybody tell me what that means at the end? And that's very key to this story. And I'm just going to read because, you know, if I read all of the Torah portion, it would take up the whole time, as you know. So I'm going to read in 41, verse 41 in Genesis 1 through 16, and then we're going to break this down. The title of this of this message today is from tragedy to triumph. And I want to look at 17 key truths that turn Joseph's situation completely around. And uh, I'm telling you, it, it, like I said, this is, I love this story. 
Joseph's story is incredible. And uh, it's a testimony to us. It's a testament to us. It's an example for us uh, to never allow the bitterness of life to make us bitter. You know, so I'm going to read here in Genesis 1 through 16, and then we're going to dive in from there. It says here, then it came to pass at the end of two full years. Now, this is very key, and I'm going to talk about this again later toward the end. But think about it. Then it came to pass at the end. Okay. Now, when it's speaking of two full years, as you may know, it was two years after he had interpreted the dreams of the butler and the baker. Okay. Now, I was thinking about this the other day. So here you are in prison, interpreting God is using you. You know, because, I mean, whatever place you find yourself in, let God use you, even if it's in jail. (laughs) So that's another thing that we'll talk about is amazing to me that, you know, after all that's been done to him, he's allowing God to use him to be a blessing to people. That's one of the points we'll get to, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself. And so, and I was thinking about this, he interprets the dreams of these guys, and One, he says, you're going to get released and live. One, (laughs) you're going to die. So he probably was not being invited to go around on the interpret the dream circuit. You know what I mean? (laughs) In Egypt. You know, this guy might tell me I'm going to die. I don't know if I want that. (laughs) So I I thought that was hilarious, but he was faithful to give it. So let's read on. Uh, two full years that Pharaoh had a dream, and behold, he stood by the river. And this is the dream that God had given Pharaoh. This is an, an ungodly man. You know, God can get a hold of ungodly people. Come on, are you with me? That's why I'm not moved by what's happening in the world today. Because I know who my God is. <laughs> are you with me? That doesn't mean we don't do our diligence but I, I know who's on the throne. Amen. Suddenly there came up out of the river seven cows, fine-looking and fat, and they fed in the meadow. Then behold, seven other cows came up after them out of the river, ugly and gaunt, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the river. Verse 4, and the ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven fine-looking and fat cows, so Pharaoh awoke. He slept and dreamed a second time, and suddenly seven heads of grain came up, uh, on one stalk, plump and good. Verse 6, Then behold, seven thin heads, blighted by the east wind, sprang up after them. And the seven thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads. So Pharaoh awoke, and indeed it was a dream. Remember, he had this two times. Because God never, God, when he does things for a reason, he may speak to you once, but then he'll speak to you again. And how many know That's time for us to listen. We should listen the first time, but he'll do it again because he's trying to get us our, he's trying to get our attention. Verse eight, now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled and he sent and called out for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men and Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. So he had these highly skilled magicians. They were actually, you know, they were actually, witches, wizards, I mean, they operated sorcerers, they operated in the demonic realm. 
because Egypt was a place, I, I, I lived in Egypt for a year, deployed there with the army. Egypt was a place of many gods at that time before Islam moved in. It says, and then it t- and Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Verse 9, then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh saying, I remember my faults this day. So this is the guy that lived. When Pharaoh was angry with his servant and put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker, we each had a dream, and one night he and I, each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. Verse 12, now there was a young Hebrew man with us there, a servant of the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each man, he interpreted according to his own dream. It came to pass, just as he interpreted for us, so it happened. He restored me to my office, and he hanged him. Ouch. I guess he didn't learn his lesson. (laughs) Then Pharaoh sent out and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. And he shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it, but I've heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. And then we'll stop here at verse 16. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. First truth I want to look at, and I'm going to try to get through this because I got 17 here. And actually, you know, we could spend so much time on each one of these because every one of them is, is life-changing. So first of all, in 4114 in Genesis, God will set up divine appointments ordained by him for you to represent him. This is exactly what happened. God set up a divine appointment for Joseph to be used by God to represent him. I believe that in the days ahead, God will, is setting up divine appointments for his people right now, you and me, so that we could represent him and represent him well. Because this world needs to see a real Jesus. Amen. Not a religious Jesus, not a fake Jesus, not a Roman Jesus, but a Bible Jesus. Amen. With flesh and blood of people like you and me who are brown, black, red, yellow, white, whatever. But we exude nothing but Jesus Christ to this world. Amen. So this is the first thing God set up a divine. God set this up. It wasn't Pharaoh, it wasn't even the butler, but God set this up. God is the major set-up guy. He's the, he's the one that will make a way for you where there is no way. When it looks like it's the end, it's just the beginning. Amen. Second truth, Genesis, we read in uh, Genesis 41, it's through 9 through 13, God will place specific People in specific places that remember how you bless them. Isn't this powerful? He will set, he will place people in specific places that remember how you bless their life. And here, you know, another thing that's amazing about Joseph, here he is in prison. And scholars say that he spent at least 12 years in prison. He was a convict. 
You know, he wasn't in there getting, you know, tattoos and drinking, you know, bathtub wine. Are you with me? (laughs) He was in there, but he was allowing God to use him in an unfavorable situation. Obviously, he was making, he was, he was in relationship with people. He wasn't closed off to himself, you know. He didn't turn inward. Because how many know that's, the, that's what people do when they go through tough times? They turn inward. I'm not going to come to church, you know. I'm not going to answer my phone, put it on do not disturb, you know. I'm going to close all my drapes, you know, put on some depressing, you know, country music song about you know, how I lost my wife and my dog and my job. Come on, are you with me? <laughs> People turn inward. And, you know, and that's, you know, that's human nature. But, but that's just, that makes, the, that makes the situation even worse when we turn inward. So God will place people in specific places that remember how you bless them. That's why it's so important to be a blessing. And we'll talk about that here in the next one, actually. Uh, the third key is he was a blessing on the way to his blessing. So you may not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. Isn't that the truth? So wh- wh- this, the culture of this church and how many, you can, you can recite it right now, is this is what we have learned. And, wh- and, wh- and what is it? If you want God to bless you, you must be a blessing. You must look for ways to be a blessing. How many years have we heard that? Because it's the word of God. You know, I think about pastor when they're going through the challenge with Lion and the challenge with Pastor Tiz. Here he is sowing into other people's lives, sowing into Israel, being a blessing. But, you know, human nature, well, you know what, I'm, I'm, this is, you know, we got we to gotta look after ourselves. No, no. If I want God to bless me, I must look for a way to be a blessing. Because it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Wow. You know, offended people will never bless anyone. Isn't that the truth? If we allow ourselves to be offended, which we live in a a culture where it seems like everybody's offended. I mean, you know, you just drive by and and look at them, they're offended. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, what happened? You know, People are just so touchy. It's, it's a sign of the last days. It, it, it really is. It's a sign of the last days that people will be easily offended. And what did Jesus say? Offenses will come. But you got to let them roll off of you like water off a duck's back. Come on, are you with me? Because offenses will come and offenses will go. But if you decide that you were going to live offense-free, there is no telling what God can do for you. But that's how the enemy has, has captured or enslaved people because of being easily offended. 
Obviously, Joseph was not offended, or he would never have worked on the dreams of these two men, you know, as we have learned in the previous Torah portions. So some of this will overlap. So he was a blessing on the way to his blessing. You know, I remember when, you know, here I am, a, a young disciple. I'm, you know, I gave my life to Christ at 17. I knew that God had called me to preach. My grandfather was a, was a preacher. He prophesied on me when I was about eight years old that I would be a, a minister of the gospel. You know, I backslide. I'm living in sin. I get saved at 17. All that starts coming back, and I want to do something for God. So <laughs> I wasn't placed in the pulpit first. You know, I didn't, I didn't get behind the mic. You know what I did first? I was out on the streets with people on Saturday mornings giving out tracts and telling people about Jesus. Amen. You know, I times cleaned the bathroom of the church. <laughs> you know, vacuumed the carpet. <laughs> you know, I, I, was, I, I, I was a blessing on the way to my blessing. I didn't start at the top. How many know it never happens that way? But because we must come to serve. Jesus said it himself, I, I have not come to be served but to serve. Amen. Him, Jesus, the master himself said that. Something I want to add to this. It was a dream that he had that caused others to put him into captivity. Incidentally, it was the dream of others that he interpreted that brought him out of captivity. Somebody got offended at his dream. Now, you know, he might have, he might have went off half-cocked. Hey, guess what, brothers? You know what I mean? Guess what, brah? You're going to bow to me one day. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, you think you're bad. I got you. I got you, you know. And it went from there. But Joseph didn't bring this on himself. I know some people may say that, but I don't believe that he brought this on himself. And, and, and we know definitely for a fact it was not the will of God for him to be sold into slavery or be a, a slave in the house of Potiphar, or be a prisoner. God's will was that he would rule and reign. That was the dream from the very beginning. But how many know there's an enemy out there who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, who's trying to stop you and your dreams from coming to pass, who's trying to hinder you from fulfilling your destiny, who's trying to stop you. But let me tell you something that what God has blessed, no man or devil can curse. Amen. Fourth key. We find this in Proverbs eighteen sixteen. His gift opened doors for him and brought him before great people. That's what the scripture says in Proverbs. A man's gift or a woman's gift will make room for them and bring them for, for great people. I believe that God is making room for you right now. 
and that God is preparing you, making room for you, so that the gift that he has given you will bring you before people that you have never stood before in your life, and you will speak with the wisdom, and you will speak with anointing, you will speak with direction, you will speak with a grace from heaven that will minister to their lives because God is making room for you right now because your gift is not for you, your gift is for someone else. God had given Joseph a gift to interpret dreams. As a boy, not, not even knowing, he had no idea where this gift would take him. Your gift could take you places you have never been before. And you know, I believe that you and I will do things that we have never done in these last days. We will speak things we have never spoken. We will create things that have never been created. We will go places we've never gone. We will stand before people that we have never thought possible to speak God's word. We will do what has never been done before because God is causing his gift in you to make room for you. It's so awesome. Your gift is opening doors for you right now. And God is saying to it because he placed the gift inside you, whatever that gift may be. You know, I, I remember, you know, and I always reference this. Here I am, you know, 17 years old. Man, got saved, got baptized in the Holy Ghost, got on fire for God, knowing that I was called to the ministry. And man, you know, we were at church all day Sundays, Wednesdays, outreaches, revivals all week, which I loved it. I wish we were doing it. I wish we were doing it now. Man, I I was just at a minister's conference in Florida recently where we were in service every time for at least four or five hours and you didn't want to leave. For a whole week. Some of you be like, oh man, I don't know what I could do. I don't know what I would do. But when the glory and the, and the power of God is moving, you don't want to go nowhere else. But here I am. I come home from church. You know, I'm a senior in high school. And I'd get down, and I would pray before I would go to bed. And I would kneel down because I had a bunk bed. And I'd kneel down by my bunk bed, and I'd, say, and I'd see myself preaching in Africa. And I'd see myself preaching in Asia. And I'd see myself preaching in Mexico. And I'd see myself preaching in South America. And I'm just a 17-year-old kid, and I see myself preaching in these places, knowing that God had put a gift inside of me to reach the nations. And I just see myself, and I say, God, use me. If you could do something with me, use my life. And fast forward, years later, I'm, I'm standing in Uganda, Africa, with thousands of people. Blind eyes are opening. Deaf ears are opening. I mean, people that were lame walking. People, when you give an altar call, people are literally running to the front to give their lives to Jesus in a full spread. In the rain, kneeling in mud. It's nothing like it. His gift opened doors for him and made room for him. Number five, 
I love this, Genesis 41, 16. So he's appearing before Pharaoh, and he said, and I, I love this, he says, so Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me, God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So what is he doing here? He is quick to give God all the credit and all the glory. Amen. To God be the glory. Come on, are you with me? It's not my ability, it's God's ability on me. These gifts don't belong to us. This calling doesn't belong to us. They belong to God. We are stewards of these gifts. We are stewards of this calling. And may we be found faithful that God would use us and that we would not misuse anything that he has given us, but we will always give him the praise and the glory and point people to him and not us. Mm. To God be the glory. Everybody said, to God be the glory. All day, every day. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. You know, people say you got to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Yeah, well, with the grace of God, I can. I was talking with a guy the other day, and, and he was saying, you know, God, you know, I have this ability to do things and, and lead and be a supervisor. And he says, you know, uh, that's, I know that God has given me that. And I said, yes, he has given you the ability to be able to lead people, to understand people, to be able to rally people. So, yes, you are involved in it, but he gave you the ability to be able to do it. So whatever the gifting, even if it's a word of knowledge where you're at, a, you're at a restaurant and you begin to speak to the waiter and say, you know, you've been dealing with depression, but I want you to know that Jesus wants to set you free. Even that word of knowledge is a gift from God. Whatever it is, whether it's building something, creating something, or laying hands. To God be the glory. Amen. He was quick to give God the credit, and he was quick to give God the glory. Amen. A person that will not give God the credit and the glory will not last very long. Amen. They will be removed from the scene. We've seen it in the Bible. There was one king who did not take all, he took all the glory and became basically an animal for seven years. Another one, Herod, took all the credit and the glory and died right there before everyone. God said, I will not share my glory with anyone. Let's move on. We could, we could spend <laughs> so much time on that one. And just for the fact that I just like to, I just like to tell him, God, all the praise goes to you. Amen. I'm telling you. I mean, every, when I get up in the morning, and I know many of you, you may do, you know, the, the first thing out of my mouth is thank you for waking me up today. I could have been 
bound on drugs today. I could have been lost. I could have been locked up. I could have been six feet under. But I'm alive today. In my right mind. Healthy. Come on, are you with me? Whole. (laughs) To God be the glory. And I give this day to you. That you would use me as you will today. Not my will, but your will be done. The Moadim. Every day. And you know, I've been challenged. In a, in, and this is just a side note. And I'm, we need to get through this because there's so much more. And I'll try to get through this a lot quicker. But I've been challenged by God. I've just been challenged to thank him more. You know, a lot of times I'll go into prayer and I just may only spend maybe a, a couple minutes and then I throw out my list to God. And I, I actually, I, I've been convicted. I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm giving you my list when I should be thanking you today. Amen. Lifting my hands, giving you praise. Because how many know praise is the highest form of faith? It is. Because we've, God's given us the promise. We believe that we receive the promise. And then we enter into it with what? Praise and thanksgiving. You know, I believe that we would see things happen more often if we, if we praise him. And give him, give him, give him glory more. So, number six, let's move on. Genesis 41, 28. He was obedient to interpret the dream of Pharaoh even at the risk of losing his life. You stand before a man like that, one wrong word and you're on ice. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, look at Esther. She knew that you know what? I might lose my life standing before, and that's my husband. I mean, because that's how serious this was with these rulers. That he could have lost his life. Because he wasn't, and that's what I love about Joseph, and we can, and I can add this, but I won't now. It, this could be actually 18. He didn't say what Pharaoh wanted to hear him say. He said what God wanted him to say. He wasn't a yes man. How I many know God can't use yes people that are yes men to men? Yes to God. Come on. Because we're, we're, we're here to, we're approved by him. We are only seeking his approval. So whatever he wants us to say, we'll say. Whatever he wants us to do, we'll do. Wherever he wants us to go, that's where we're going. Whatever he wants. Now, he wasn't disrespectful, he wasn't arrogant, but he gave the word just as the Lord had given it to him. So he was obedient to interpret the dream, even at the risk of losing his life. He wasn't looking for man's approval. And I love this. In addition to that, not only did he interpret the dream, but he also gave a And I believe that God is raising you and I up 
to not only address situations, but to give solutions to problems. Solutions, answers, so that people can have something concrete that they can apply to their lives. That we are not just out there just flinging things, but we are giving wisdom to people by the Spirit of God. Because the Bible says, in all you're getting, get wisdom. I believe that he was operating in the gift of wisdom as we read in in, in Corinthians. In in the nine gifts of the Spirit, he was operating in a word of wisdom that not only he interpreted the dream, but he he began to give a solution to the problem. Because when you're standing before a person of that stature, how many know you can't just be up there chewing gum with your hands in your pocket like, I don't know. Are you with me? And God knew this. So God prepared him so that, and this this is something I pray, Lord, don't let me screw it up. (laughs) Seriously. I want to represent you well. I don't want to screw it up. Get up there and choke and fumble over all of my words and put my, my my size 12 foot in my mouth. God, help me to do it right. I don't want to mess this up. Uh, Number seven, promotion comes from those who persevere. Joseph persevered. Perseverance is the key to breakthrough, isn't it? He just would not stop. He was like the Energizer Bunny. He would not quit. He just kept going and going. Get knocked down, boom, get back up. Get knocked down, get back up. Get knocked down. Hallelujah, I give you praise. He just would not stop. Mm. Perseverance is the key to breakthrough. In addition to that, he was promoted by God, not by Pharaoh. Gosh, this stuff is so good, isn't it? It does get better. With God, it always gets better. Number eight, I'm moving quickly. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. Genesis 4, 4 through 13 25 through 32, he interpreted the dream of the butler and the baker, and then he interprets the dream of Pharaoh. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. Dr. Murdoch, I got that from Dr. Murdoch. God gave him that years ago, and it's so powerful, it's so true. Number nine, 
He tested his brothers to see if they had changed. Let me ask you something. Do you think he was right in testing them? I think so. Because his brothers broke covenant with him and they betrayed him. So in saying that, those who do you wrong does not deserve to have access to you that quickly if they haven't proven themselves. I'm not saying that you don't forgive them because obviously he forgave them. But he tested them to see if they committed teshuvah, repentance. Because when people betray you and break covenant with you, you don't just let them back in your life just like that. Why? So they can do it again? Seriously, no. You had to pull up, put up boundaries. You love them from a distance. You forgive them. You give them up to God. But you do not give them access to you like they once had before. telling you somebody lies to me you're done seriously I mean I, I forgive you but I, I'm not going to let you lie to me again I'm not going to let you betray me again let's move on so I, I do I agree I agree with you that I believe that it's important that he tested them first absolutely and I believe his intentions were very honorable 10. He got better and not bitter. And I'm going to go through these quickly because we're winding down. He got better and not bitter, obviously, because he never would have stood before Pharaoh if he had remained or he had allowed himself to be bitter. God would have never set up opportunities for him because he would have eventually just destroyed himself because bitterness is a cancer. 11, God blessed private industry and the whole nation of Egypt because of Joseph. See, your gift, your job is is a beneficiary of the covenant blessing that's on your life. Wherever you go, whatever you do, everywhere is blessed because you have a covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 12, he saved Israel from death thus preserving the line through which the Messiah would come. That's really what it was all about right there. This, he was preparing the way for the Messiah to come. (laughs) In many ways, Joseph was was a type of Jesus Christ. 12. I'm sorry, that was 12, uh, 13, he served with distinction and honor in every place of responsibility. What did the Bible say? He prospered in everything they gave him. And what? God was with him. Prospered as a slave. Prospered in prison. Prospered, prospered because God was with him. He served with distinction and honor in every place. 14, he named his sons as a constant reminder of how God was good to him in his times of trouble. Manasseh, 
meaning forgetting. Genesis 41, 50, 51, for God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. Ephraim, fruitfulness, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. You're going to experience the goodness of God so much this year and next year that you're going to forget all the pain you've ever gone through. Because his blessings will come on you and overtake you, your family, your marriage, your children, and your children's children. God is going to show you his goodness so much. It will be as if you, if you never went through that trial. Because that's how good he is. Almost done. Fifteen, God moved suddenly for Joseph. Somebody shout suddenly. God's going to move suddenly for you this year. We're in a time of the suddenlies. That God will move for you. When, when God says he's going to do something, I'm telling you, he is not a man that he should lie. And God is speeding things up. This is a time of divine acceleration. Things that you have been believing God for years, you are going to see God move in your life suddenly. Promises that you have held fast to, things that you have reminded yourself, things that you have endured, God is moving suddenly on your behalf. And you will find yourself in places and and faces and spaces that you will look back and you wonder, how did this happen? Because the word of the Lord is coming to pass in your life. And God said, when I do it, I'm going to do it suddenly. Suddenly, suddenly, 16, what was meant for his destruction turned into his deliverance. See, what the devil tried to destroy you with is a thing that you're going to take him out with. The, the battle and the hardness that you have faced because of the enemy, where, where he has tried to curse you at, that's where God is blessing you at. Where you have struggled the most, you're going to see the greatest victory in. Whether it be finances, whether it be in your mind, in your health, you are going to see the hand of God and you'll lift your hands and say, this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. 17, last one. The word of the Lord tested Joseph. Psalms 105, 19. This refers to the years of character development. It wasn't God's will for him to go through this. Nevertheless, we know that Romans 8, 28 says, God will cause all things to work together for the good. The devil tried to take me out. He tried to assassinate you. He tried to stop you from emerging. But let me tell you something. What was meant for your destruction is becoming your deliverance. And God has tested you and I. And you are I, we are coming out as pure gold that has been tried in the fire. And we're coming out giving him glory, giving him praise, and giving him honor. And I'll end with this. 
The devil wants to turn your dream into a nightmare. But your dream being fulfilled is the devil's nightmare. Let's all stand. Let's all stand today. Man, one minute over. <laughs> I tell you, this, let this word just sink in you. I'm telling you. Because I want you to see yourself in the life of Joseph. Because if God could do it for him, he'll do it for you. I believe that the remainder of this year and into 2022, you're going to see the suddenlies of God. You're going to see promotion. You're going to see God bringing you before great people to use your gift. You're going to see God turn things around for you that you have stood on for years. And let me tell you something. Your dreams that God has given you shall come to pass. Let's give God thanks and praise today. Hallelujah. Let me pray real quickly. These guys are going to come. We're going to do this quick 10 seconds. Lord, I thank you for your people today. I thank you for the word. The word is so rich and so powerful, so life-changing. We go in the strength of this word today knowing that, Father, what was meant for our destruction, you are causing it to be meant for our deliverance. We thank you that we shall see your hand. We shall see your power and your glory. And there is no man, no ruler, no government, no organization, no devil that will be able to stop the thing that you have prepared and placed in the hearts of every person here today. Father, we thank you that this is our time. We seize this moment. We move forward in the grace of God. We thank you that we will see your power and your glory, and we will always give you the glory, always give you the praise and thanks for all that you're about to do, all that you've done and all that you're about to do in our lives. And we end with this, to God be all the glory. Say it with me one more time, to God be all the glory. Let's give God thanks one more time. Come on, guys.